when we look at St. Paul and his missionary journeys, we see how he's guided by God. We see how he's guided. Even, even uh, right now, uh, there's a, in our first reading on the night while Paul was in Corinth, the Lord said to him in a vision, do not be afraid. Go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you. No one will attack you and harm you for I have many people in the city. An interesting way of looking at our faith. God is, is speaking, Jesus is speaking to St. Paul and says, don't be afraid. I have led you here to the city of Corinth and I'll protect you. You keep on proclaiming, you pre keep on preaching, you speaking the, the beautiful truth of who I am, the gospel, proclaim the gospel, the good news of salvation to all. And, and here we have to look at, at one aspect is God's providence, God's providential care. We know that God, and, and we know, and St. Paul knows that God loves him. God has chosen him. He knows that he is sent to, to proclaim this mission to the Gentiles, not only to Jewish converts, but also to the Gentiles, all of us. And he knows that. And he, perhaps in a human way, he's afraid because there's kind of people are plotting against him as we find out that there was a plot. And the Lord anticipated that and just say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus also spoke to his disciples, do not be afraid. There's one quote which can say that John Paul II used to use, to especially to speaking to young people, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to follow the Lord. Do not be afraid to embrace the difficulties and trials which are part and parcel of becoming um, a proclaimer, a follower of Christ, a believer. And so what we have here is this. St. Paul comes to Corinth. He was just in Athens. He was in Athens, you remember? And he gave a beautiful homily. Was, I consider a homily, but he gave a beautiful talk to the Athenians. And he says, I see that you're worshiping. He went into the into Agora and to the temple in Athens. And he says, I see that you have so many gods there, but there's also one altar given to the unknown God, the unknown. And I, he says, and I wish to speak to you about this unknown God. I wish to speak to you about God of revelation and then, and then the incarnation itself. And so he offers this to, to them. Uh, they listened. But when he spoke of Jesus as rising from the dead, they didn't want to continue. They did not believe it's possible to rise from the dead. So therefore they dismissed it. He says, you have sturdily in the morning. I think you had too much wine. And so this is how they dismissed him. And yet he gave witness. Paul gave witness to the power of Jesus Christ, the power of our faith in him, the power of that love that he has and that's what he gives to us. And so now he moves to Corinth. In Corinth, he's there for a year and a half. And first of all, he, he meets the people there. Perhaps there were Jewish people, uh, Aquila and Priscilla, and he meets them and they were tent makers. So he works with them. He, he works, and as you know, 
St. Paul by profession was a tent maker. So he joins together and they create, he creates a community of faith and the people meet at, at the house of, of uh, Aquila and Priscilla. This is, became their church. This is where they gathered. This is where St. Paul was teaching. But being there for a year and a half, he incurred the, um, the, uh, uh, the, the wrath of, of the, the, the Jewish people who felt that he was misguiding them by, by saying that Jesus is the Messiah. They felt that he was transgressing the Mosaic law. And so what they do is they take him to, to report him to the civil authorities. And, and, and as we read today, and the proconsul who was to judge the, what was to take place, his name was Gallio. Uh, and they brought him to the tribunal saying, this man is inducing people to worship God contrary to the law. When Paul was about to reply, Gallio spoke to them and he said, if this were a matter of some crime or malicious fraud, I, in my civilian authority, I would take care of it. But since it deals with arguments over doctrine and titles, I am not interested in resolving it. And even though they beat up on the guy who, who did not defend him too well, but he just left it alone. But what I wanted to say is this, it is the providence of God, God's providential love that, care, that, that guides that guides us. And I have to say that if we look into scripture about God's providence, I would like to say, share a couple of things. You know, that God is, the, is our father. That's the revelation of, of, of God to us, that he cares for us like a father. It's not that he's a magician and takes, removes all troubles, difficulties. It's not that. And it's not God who says that no matter what you do, it will happen anyhow. This is not God's, this is not God of our revelation. God's providence is that he'll be there for us, that he'll take care of us, that he'll take care and help us to overcome the difficulties, the problems, but he will always be there. That's the difference. Not that he will protect us from everything, but he'll be there with us even when we have to go through difficulties. This is the, the teachings of the God of, of Providence. It is something that we see in people like Abraham who said, no matter what, he trusted that somehow God will come through even when he was asked to offer his own son. He did not know what, but he believed. It is God of providence when you look at Joseph, when you look at Joseph of Egypt, or you know one of the Jacob's sons, Joseph, who was exiled, who was taken to Egypt and sold into slavery. We see how God works in him, how God turned the difficulty, the pain, perhaps, and the suffering, but also the the evil of the uh, of the of his brothers, who sold him into slavery. And yet somehow God brings good out of it. We know that Joseph became the savior of the family during time of famine. And he established the, the, the people of God in Egypt. And so we see this, this, this type of way. God can even use evil, evil intentions of people and transform into good. That we know. This is what we know. That those who intend to do evil. So God still brings good. And then, but you see, providence, 
the belief in, in God's goodness, in God wishing to take care of us, God wishing to always be there, and He is there. The belief gives us confidence in Him. This belief that He is there gives confidence. And this is what Jesus, when He was teaching us the prayer of our Father, He was teaching us how God is God of providence. We call Him our Father, and that we seek His kingdom, we seek His will, we, we seek his, his, the holiness of His name, that he will be, His name will be proclaimed. But the Lord says, but God will also provide for us our daily bread. He always, we will provide for us. So there's that, that confidence in him. But there's something that we need to have. And, and, and we have to have that confidence that Jesus had in his father. Remember in Gethsemane, Father, remove this, this cross from me, this pain, this suffering, the chalice from me. But not that I would wish, but that your will be done. Also, we see Jesus surrendering himself to the Father. Father, into your hands I command my spirit. Jesus is a son of God, yet we see how he surrendered himself into the providential hands of the Father. We see that, and this is what he would teach us. Don't be afraid. Don't be too occupied, preoccupied with many things. Look at the birds of the sky. The Lord provides for them. Look at the lilies of the field. They don't do anything, and yet they look beautiful. God gives them life. Look at the spring around us, and then you, your gifts. God, God in his providence who has designed this universe, designed those laws of nature. He provides for us. But there's one thing that he's asking us, that we may have the confidence in him, that, uh, but also he's asking us for something, that we would, uh, that we would remain faithful and constant, faithful. Yes, he will provide this for us, he will give us the grace, because as St. Paul says, all things work towards the good of those who, who love him those who follow his commandments, which means there's a, there's a request on us, a request from us, they would, be, they would trust, him, trust in him, place our confidence in him. The whole divine mercy message is that we will place our confidence in the one who has overcome all things, who has shown us his love, the great love that he has by going to the cross, that we will have confidence in him who promised us new life, life of, of glory. And we see in him, we see how he rose from the dead and he gave witness to us so that we may have hope. He's the one who shows us all things, but he wants us to, to have confidence in him because when we don't have confidence in him, when we don't place our confidence in his powerful love and his providential care, then what we do is we diminish it. So we allow our fear to control us. We were our fear to, to over, overcome us. And then we distrust and we doubt. And then we get ourselves into trouble because that means we, when we have, when we reduce that hope, then we enter into a type of hopelessness or when we diminish hope, fear enters. And we are responding by under the influence of fear rather than trust. And we make decisions based on fear. So a child is born to a 16 or 17 year old, we become fear what will happen to the one who has a child. And, and then, well, there's no college or, or at least fear that it will be college or jobs, whatever this field controls. So we make decisions based on fear, not on trust and not reliance on God. How many things that happen 
you know, people who enter even marriage and they want to sign contracts just in case if marriage breaks breaks apart is based on fear. There's no trust, which means that we don't have, we cannot really rely on each other because we know that we're sinful. So we can have this this degree of distrust, but 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 it can be the same thing with God. If we have this divide, trust in God, we know that even in human relationships, things will work out because our, our, by our goodwill, by our fidelity to God. And, you know, if you remember that Joseph of Egypt, remember, he was not afraid to say no to the wife of Pharaoh, you know, because she was trying to have him have relations with her. And he said no. And so that he took a very courageous stand and said, no, I'm not, I can't do it because it's contrary to, to, to God's, God's will. And so he had to suffer, you know, uh, on account of that. But we see he suffered and yet he was thrown into jail. And then in jail, God gave him the grace to have prophetic gifts. And he was able to use those. And then eventually Pharaoh used this and, and created the blessing. So we see how important this confidence in God is in, in his providential care and his love for us. And this is what can motivate us. And but we are asked to have that that constancy. Yes, we may waver at times, but hopefully we don't waver for good. Hopefully this is just a momentary waver of distrust. But that we reaffirm again. And this our faith is built on this confidence in God and trust in God. We see the original sin, the evil one tested us. Is it true that God told you this? Because, you know, because he doesn't want you to have, you know, a, a true freedom. He doesn't want you to have, you know, the capacity to be God. When you say no to God, you'll be God. And remember 19th century and 20th century too, and the whole philosophy, ideology is that if there is God, I'm not free, so I have to reject God. Because that's when I'm really, truly free. That's the original sin being reenacted today in, in our philosophies, in our worldview. Well, this being reenacted again and again, and that causes us such great harm, harm to humanity, because we were made for God. We're made with, 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 with God's view of eternal life. We eliminate God. We eliminate the source, you know, the, 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 not just the belief, but our understanding that we belong to God and we have all these troubles around us because we think that we can make decisions. We don't have to rely on the gospel. We don't have to rely on God's revelation because we think we know better. And so we do, that's what we do. We enact laws which actually cause great harm, all the harm because we are blinded. Sin blinds us, the, the lack of, of knowledge of God, but lack of, of his love, knowledge of his love, of his care blinds us. So every form of sin, which we think we're trying to help ourselves, we're trying to find some joy, whatever it may be. But if we choose sin, we create blindness, we, we create consequences which are destructive. And there's one more thing that today gospel speaks of. The Lord says, place your confidence in me. And, and he says to us today in a gospel, he says this, if you place your confidence, then you will see me. You will see me. Here he is leaving the disciples. This is at the Last Supper. And they're worried because he says, I no longer will be with you. Jesus tells them. And they become, become fearful, worried that he won't be there. But the Lord says, I will leave you for a while. 
and then you will see me and your joy will be complete. Just like the sufferings that a woman has to endure before the birth of child during the birth banks, just that. But when a child is born, the fear and, and the pain longer is remembered uh, because it turns into joy. He says the same way. You may be afraid that if you'll abandoned by me, that you will be left to the difficulties and trials of life. But he says, the Lord says, but you will have me, you'll see me. And you know, the way we'll see Jesus is there's either when he comes for, during his second coming, but when the minute we pass away, we'll see him. We see him, our joy will be complete. We'll see him so that we don't have to worry about, you know, death because we're gonna see him and he we see his love. We see his tender care, he died for us. He'll say, I, I died for you. I am, I am gonna make sure that you're with me. If you choose me, if you wish to follow, I know that you have been, you have committed many sins, but if you're sorry, if you, you know, you confess your sin and you rely on my mercy, then I will take you home. I'll be, you'll be with me. And then your joy will be complete. And the Lord says, then you don't have to even ask me a question. What happened to me? Why did I have to go through all the troubles? You won't have to ask me because your joy will be so tremendous, so great, that will erase all the problems, difficulties that you have. This is, this is the gospel today. This is the word of God to us. This is the teachings of the scripture of revelation and God's providential care, his love. He sent his son. He did not leave us intended. When we sin, we couldn't get out of the trap. He removed the trap for us. He gives us each day this, this ladder that takes us from the dungeon right into the, into, the, the, into the fullness of that love and grace. He gives us this. He forgives us. That's why our confidence has to remain constant in him despite everything else, because we know that he has overcome the world. He has overcome sin. He has overcome destruction and he rescues even from evil. He transforms evil for us into good if we say yes to him. And so that's why for us, the invitation is to a deeper faith, deeper trust in him following this whole revelation of divine mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. A blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. Because it is through his suffering, dying and rising that we can have confidence and that we can have hope and we can look forward into everything because we know that he has overcome all brokenness, destruction, and, and is leading us to the safety of his life in paradise with him. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content 
which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.